Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Drinks with Dan. I'm your host, Dan Coleman, and uh, with me today, I have special guest, Christopher Lavalley. Chris, how are you today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for uh, being on here, and uh, thank you for your continued support since before Day 1 existed. Uh, You were the reason why this whole thing started, so uh, I just wanted to say thank you for uh, supporting me since before this even started. Well, of course, but I mean, th- thank you. That's very nice of you to say, um, but absolutely, man. I'm, I'm always supportive of whatever you want to do, and you've done a great job so far, so keep it up. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess we'll talk about that first. Um, so you, you've been doing podcasts now for a number of years, if I'm not mistaken. Two? Maybe longer? Yeah, it's been just about two years. Yeah, so what got, what got you into the podcasts? Actually, uh, my buddy Austin, uh, Austin Daniels, who uh, who's been on um, my podcast a couple times, he uh, he and I are uh, we, we've been friends since we were eight years old, and uh, he started a podcast. I want to say it was like four four ish five years ago. Um, he did a podcast with his buddy, and uh, they did it for about a year, and I just loved it. I I thought it was just brilliant what what they had created and the content and just everything and uh it just really made me want to try it out and so i started my um my podcast a couple of years ago and and strictly just talked about sports and then i started branching off and talking about other things as well but trying to stick to sports and then a couple of my other friends or our friends i should say uh matt and rich wanted to uh to join in as well so then we started doing the the sideline network um, and so now we, uh, you know, we just talk about random crap all the time. So with the sideline network, there's what, five different podcasts. Is that right? Four or five. So there's, there's the huddle, which was the first podcast that we started. And that was our group podcast with myself, Rich and Matt. That's primarily and, sports, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's primarily sports. Um, and then there's my sports podcast, which is just, then, you. yep. Just me. And okay. that's the Valley sports talk. And then there's Richo's rant, which is Richard's. Uh, Richard would do about a five-minute rant about a random football subject, and so that's on hiatus up until uh, football season starts gearing up again, and then he'll start doing that again. Um, and then there's Matt's. Uh, Matt toilet started takes? his. Yep, that was his first podcast. So his first one was called Matty's Toilet Takes, and then he tran- he changed the name and transitioned it to Here's the Thing with Matt Daniluk. Because in Matt's podcast, he was constantly saying, so here's the thing. And then he would <laughs> give his interpretation or opinion on something. Uh, so that's the, I'm trying to think. So that's the fourth podcast. And now the fifth one we have is the Ritual and Lala show, which you were kind enough to guest host last week. And that's the newest one that we started. And that's with myself and Rich. And we've, uh, we've been fortunate to, I've also had Austin been on, he's helped guest host as well. And, and my wife's been on as well. So we've, uh, you know, we, we've had a pretty good run. So I guess we'll give that one a shout out now. So as you just mentioned that, uh, I was a guest host on it last week, we ended up talking for God knows two hours, which came like nothing. It was the easiest two hours I think I've ever spent. Um, and it was just, we, we totally whimmed it. Like, out of nowhere, we just talked about whatever came to mind. It was my idea to piss you off. I don't think I pissed you off until after the podcast, to be honest, once we actually started talking about it <laughs> off air. Um, but if you guys want to listen to it, check it out. It's the Ritual Lala podcast, episode 10, I believe. Nine or 10? Episode 10. All right, episode 10 episode... is the one that I was on. 
Um, and then episode nine, you guys interviewed me. So I got interviewed and then I took over Rich's spot and guest hosted the thing. So go check it out. Episodes nine and 10, especially. And then all the rest of them before that is just as good as well. So well, thank you. You're very welcome, buddy. You're very welcome. So, uh, what are you up to tonight? Anything? Are you drinking anything good? Uh, Have you no, had anything to drink? I did actually. I had a um, uh, when I was over at my parents before uh, before we did this podcast. I was having a uh, crap. I can't even think of the name of the of the beer. It was a summer ale. I think it was Long Trail Summer Ale. Not familiar with that one. Um, it was pretty good. Is it, it a local beer? Remind me of. Uh, I want to say it is. I'm not 100. percent I don't know. It was, my dad just handed it to me. He was like, "Here, try this." Okay. Yep. Uh, that's the that's the proper of, answer. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of of Sam Adams Summer Ale. It, mm-hmm. it was similar. Um, and then right now I'm actually drinking iced coffee, so I don't fall asleep on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope I don't put you to sleep or anybody else listening. God, that's like no, no. Well, I'm I'm more afraid of putting other people to sleep, so you know that's uh, why I'm uh, well. Well, it'd be stay a, hyper here. It'd be a good thing if they're listening to it at you know ten o'clock at night and they're trying to go to sleep. Maybe my voice does that to people, and that's why people listen. I don't know. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, whatever whatever does your thing. So you have your podcast. Then my, my question is, what? podcast besides mine do you actually listen to like if i were to go through lavalley's podcast what are the top three podcasts that you listen to um so i listen to will kane uh who's on espn radio uh he's my he's my favorite sports personality going right now uh i listen to the joe rogan podcast uh quite often Mm -hmm. and I'm trying. I'm trying to think of another one that's not sports because I listen to a, the majority of my podcasts are sports, but I also try and, and listen to other things as well. Um, I, if you want to talk about Joe Rogan for a second, I can't believe how well he does his podcasts. And you want to talk about long podcasts? He does some three-hour marathon podcasts at a time, but he Joe has the Rogan, most eclectic like people come on there. Joe Rogan's brilliant. I like. Th- it's what it's really. I can't remember who the hell told me. It might have been you, actually, I, and I, I'm not sure if it was you or somebody else who introduced me to Joe Rogan's podcast about a year and a half to two years ago. And it just what I love about Rogan is that he is so completely, objectively down the middle about everything. He could literally interview like, anybody and just keep a straight face and give the facts, and that's it. He has no agenda, and that's what makes his podcast so interesting is that he brings people on, and he's genuinely interested in learning something. Right. Like, he's so open-minded and just, I'm, you know, like everybody, I'm sure he has his biases and he has his, his leanings here or there. He seems to keep it to himself, yeah. Yeah, you would never know it. I mean, and he's had people on that I would think, for the most part, he doesn't necessarily agree with. But he still is interested to get to know them anyway and, and to hear their perspectives on the world, even if he doesn't agree with them. The, re- the one that comes to mind when you mentioned that is the, uh, the guy from InfoWars. What was his name? Um, oh, Alex Jones. Uh, yeah, he had Alex Jones not once but twice on there. And they get along like best friends, even though you're looking at them like they clearly don't agree. But I guess... he doesn't let it show, you know? Right. I was going to say, I think they're actually friends or they were friends. I don't think they're friends anymore, but they, there was, cause I've, I've heard, I've heard Rogan talk about it on other podcasts and stuff where 
he talked about how he and Alex Jones used to be really close. Like when, when Jones was going through all that, uh, the, like the, uh, the Sandy Hook was thing. When he was getting, yeah, I was going to say when he's getting kicked off of all the different social media networks, he was getting banned and everything. Like he, he had said that, you know, Alex is, is a bit eccentric. He's kind of crazy. Uh, but he, you know, at, as far as Joe was concerned, he was like, you know, he's not, he's not a bad guy. He's just a little out there. Um, but I, I think they've had a fallen out, um, since then, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think Jones is a perfect example though, of the fact that Rogan will legitimately have anybody on, um, you know, and, and there's some podcast, like some of his podcasts, I, I don't find interesting just because I'm not interested in the subject or, or the person that he has on. Like, I'm not saying I listen to every single Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, I mean, literally, I don't have time to sit and listen to three hours of somebody that I don't really care about. Like, that's when I will fall asleep, you know? <laughs> like, Right, absolutely. I mean, I like I, I, I tend to listen to him when he has um, – if, if he'll have a like a, a politician or – political commentator come on or if he's got a sports personality or an actor or an actress that I'm interested in listening to. Sure. Um, that's, that's more of my gear, but like when he does like the, cause he has a lot of podcasts where he, he tends to talk about like MMA fighting and, and uh, boxing. Well, and I mean, that's how he was brought up and how he got famous, you know? Oh, absolutely. I'm not, and I'm not poo pooing it. I'm just saying like that, that kind of stuff will put me to sleep quick, fast and in a hurry. So, um, but uh, it's kind of crazy to see where he came from and where he is now. You know, he went from MMA to hosting TV to doing podcasts to still hosting TV shows. And the guy gets around. He's a busy guy. Absolutely. So, I mean, he really, really is uh, big fan. Um, and I'm trying to I listen to the other, so the other podcast that's not uh, sports related. Um, I haven't listened to it in a little while, but I used to listen to it a lot was uh, the comedian Bill Burr. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, his I didn't um, know he had a podcast. his podcast. Yeah, it's called the Monday Morning Podcast. It it uh, he puts it up. He actually it, it's called the Monday Morning Podcast, but he puts up one aside from Monday mornings. He also puts one up on Thursdays as well, and it's literally just him ranting into <laughs> into the microphone for like forty five minutes. So it's basically like a stand up random shit. Pretty much, yeah. It's like a stand up act uh, that he does twice a week for free. Uh, and uh, some of it's funny. Some sometimes it can it can be. Um, I I stopped listening to it probably about a year ago. Um, I, I I shouldn't say I stopped listening to it a year ago. I stopped consistently listening to it a year ago, just because after a while it, it was just kind of the same shit. Like he would just come on and just bitch about the world, and you know it was it was there, there were parts of it that were really funny, and then there were other parts where I was kind of like, all right, this is kind of the same shtick just about a different subject matter and it you know it kind of got old it Um, it gets old yeah yeah but overall i mean that's and again i i I do try to diversify um what i listen to on podcasts but for the most part um it's i'm very extremely sports heavy um so what about you so my top podcast right now obviously yours um Thank but be- besides that, um, I know we were talking offline earlier about the show Chernobyl. Um, yes. So they have a podcast that they release with the episode. So every week they release an episode. I think that's on Mondays. They release a podcast that Monday from the writer of that show. And they talk about how the show was filmed. Not like the technical aspects, but like where they got the information from. 
and then the host will ask like did this really happen or did you accentuate this part of it and the writer will be like no or yes and it's very factual and, it's, and it shows like where the tv show kind of went more towards the drama and not the documentary part of it um so it, it's very interesting to see how the writer wrote the show and he said the very first episode i think he start, started writing it in 2015 and it's just now being aired so it's kind of cool to see like what happened from 2015 to 2019 as well as the interpretation of how they found the information because you know spoiler alert, chernobyl blows up soviet union covers it up so they had to go and find people to interview and old films and records that were hidden by the soviets to film an actual documentary style TV show on it. So it's a very interesting podcast. Each episode, I think, on the podcast is 45 minutes to an hour, um, which kind of coincides with the episode length itself, which is kind of cool. And then they bring in like audio bits from the TV show and said, and they say, like, did this happen or whatever? And then the, the writer will say, like, this is actual audio or this is actual footage that we found and we included it in the documentary. So it's, it's very eye opening to see like, behind the scenes how the tv show was made so i've been listening to that for the last couple of weeks um and then what other podcasts have i listened to um I, I was listening to pod save america and pod save the world and i've gotten away from it in the last couple of weeks because they're kind of the same shit over and over again um i don't know if you're familiar with them they're very left-leaning um the, yeah, I guess, the podcast bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're very left leaning. I mean, they were Obama writers, and they are basically very democratic. And I've kind of gotten away from them just because they repeat the same stuff over and over again. And it's like enough is enough. Like Trump's still president, so let's get over it and not cry about it three years later. <laughs> so, um, but I guess those are the top three that I listen to. Um, obviously, every Monday I look for the Richo and Lala podcast because that's priority for me. And then whatever well, thanks, happens buddy. after that is, uh, is that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do, I do listen to our, uh, the, the sideline networks podcast as well. I, pr I probably should have started off with that by, by, uh, pushing. My I told you not to. There. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, blame that on me. But, uh, yeah, no, I, the, the thing about podcasting too, is just, it's amazing how, how big that medium has become and how popular it's become. I, it, it's funny because people will talk to me about, you know, Hey, have you heard this song on the radio or, Hey, have you heard this song or this song? And I'm looking at them, you know, like they have three heads because I, in my car, I don't listen to music anymore unless I have other people in the car. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm driving somewhere long distance and I've got people, you know, friends in the car or my wife in the car or whatever, um, I'll, at that point in time, I'll put music on, but if it's just me alone in the car, Everywhere I go, I'm, I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. I mean, the same thing with me. Like, I drive from Philly to Connecticut pretty much monthly, and that drive can take anywhere from three and a half to seven hours, and that's just plenty of podcast time right there. And it's funny because, like, people have – like, in, in the break that I just had the last couple of weeks, people have been messaging me and saying, like, hey, I miss listening to your podcast. Or people come up to me at school, and they'll be like, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. And I'm like, I can't believe how many people are actually listening to this shit. Well, that's because you're awesome at what you do. Man. So uh, <laughs> the thing is, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I just talk about whatever comes to mind. Like we have no agenda tonight, and I'm just like, well, whatever happens, happens. And that's basically yeah, uh, but, how we go through this. But I think that's what makes your podcast so appealing. I, I think that's what makes a, a lot of people interested in, in listening to 
to you and, and to just other people in general. I mean, I, I think it's important in, in some instances where you should have some sort of a rundown or a breakdown of what it is specifically that you want to talk about. But at other times, I think people enjoy listening to a podcast that's just completely random and, and completely off the cuff. Yeah, I mean, I try to I, I, I try to do that. I try to be genuine while I do it too. You know, I try to listen to other perspectives and things like. I, like, I if I were to try to mimic one, I think I'd have to try to mimic Joe Rogan. Like, if I had to base my podcast model off of something, you know. Uh, well, I, I think that basing your if you if you can base your podcast off of Joe Rogan, you're doing something. Right. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, so for a lot of our my listeners have pets, and I know you have your dog and I want, if you would be willing to, could you share the story of his medical issue over the last year? Um, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Because I, I don't think a lot of people think it's, it's seriously until it happens to them. And obviously it happened to you, not at any fault of your own. Um, so I just wanted people to know like what the signs and symptoms were, like how it was treated and things like that, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, um, my dog Ace, uh, we got him, my God, he's going to be two in a, next month. Uh, so we got him, I'm trying to think, September of, we're in 2019, so September of 2017. Uh, we, we got him from uh, Petco, who's having an adoption. And um, I was at the time. We, we, uh, my wife and I had, we had just gotten married um, 11 months prior and, there were still like a lot of things that we, that I wanted to do. Like I still wanted to be able to, the freedom, obviously, like, cause we weren't talking about kids yet. We weren't talking about any, anything to tie us down. And she's, she had been pushing, pushing, pushing for a dog. Now I've always wanted to have a dog. Uh, I didn't have a dog growing up and I always wanted to do it. I just wasn't ready at that point in time to get one. So she had a friend who adopted dogs and um or who did who handled like dog adoptions and stuff like that and she sent emily a picture of ace and said cute oh, dog hey, by the way check, like <laughs> <laughs> check, check out this cute you know like this cute uh lab mix is what she called him even though it, we still don't know what the hell he is he's got like whippet he's got lab he's got beagle he's he's a little bit of everything all rolled into one and so em showed me the photo and i was like oh well, you know that's a really cute dog and she said you know you know, we could always drive out and go look at him. And, I, and again, me being an idiot, I was like, yeah, okay, why not? Okay. And n- everybody else after the fact was like, well, as soon as you said, yeah, sure, we can go look at him, you were already screwed. <laughs> like, you, you, there's you're no the way you're going Exactly. And I was completely behind the eight ball, uh, completely naive to what was going on. And uh, they all said, as soon as you walk into that place, there's no way in hell you're going to be able to be a human being and look at your wife and say, after she's holding this puppy, no, you can't have that puppy. They're like, there's, there's just no yeah, way. That, and, that's and the fast right. track to divorce after less than a exactly. month, uh, less than a year. <laughs> right. And and that's pretty much how it was, was she held him. She looked at me like she had tears in her eyes. Like she wanted the dog. So anyway, we, so we ended, so up, we ended up bringing Ace home. I, uh, complete pushover. <laughs> And I, and he's become, he became my best friend in about a month. Like that, that dog and I have a extremely special bond and uh, he's become my best friend. So last July I was taking Ace for a walk and um, my wife called me 
on the walk and, and I picked up the phone. I was like, Hey, what's up? And, and she said, where are you? I said, Oh, you know, I'm about half a mile down the road. What's going on? She said, you need to turn around and bring Ace home. And I said, oh, okay, like what's, <laughs> what's going on? And she said, I just got the phone with the vet and Ace has heartworm. I'm like, uh, so they found okay. that a regular checkup with a stool sample. Yeah. So he had gone in, uh, two weeks prior just to do a, a regular physical. And so they took blood work. It was blood work and a stool sample. So they, they I believe they actually found it from the blood work, to be honest with you. I don't think it was the stool sample. Okay. I believe it was the, the blood work where they, where they caught it. And so I brought him home and she said, you know, we have to, we have to bring him back in, um, at the end of the week. I think, I think she needed to bring in a stool sample. Okay. That's what it was, was they found it out from the blood work. They asked for us to bring a stool sample with us. And we had a, we had a following, a follow-up appointment. I think it was the, the following Friday or whatever, whatever it happened to be. So we go into the vet, bring the stool sample. And so we sat down and, and um, we were told, you know, look, you know, so Ace has, has heartworm. And they said, look, it's, it's actually very normal for dogs from the South, which Ace was. Ace came up uh, from, I believe it was Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, dogs from the South to, to get this. And now, mind you, we had been doing heartworm treatments from, from the word go. He had been completely vaccinated. Like we, we had been following every single strategic te- step that you're supposed to Sure. Yeah, you, know, you did, yeah, you you did what was needed. It's not like you neglected so, him and didn't get a shot. Right. Um, but what the vet said was they thought that maybe possibly the heartworm medication that we were using um, at the time, the preventative, for whatever reason, just didn't work for ACE. And I think I don't, I don't want to give the wrong, I'm not, I'm not going to give the, the brand because I'm awful with brands and I don't want to give the wrong brand and accuse that one of being the bad. Sure, brand. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we, we found out that we had to put them on a different heartworm medication. And so the way that it worked was we had to completely restrict his exercise. He could no longer exercise for the next year. Essentially, and he's um, a puppy actually, still. He's now he's it's a, oh, one yeah, years old. Yeah, you know, he was. He's got energy. He was. Oh yeah, he was. Um, at that point in time, he was thirteen months old. So we have a thirteen-month-old puppy who now is all of a sudden being told or learning now that he can no longer go for walks, play, do anything to get his heart racing. So we were told there were there were going to be four treatments. It ended up actually only being three. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But there, so there were three different treatments where he had to go in and he had to get, um, he had to get injections and, uh, it, had, you know, so what ends up happening with heartworm, at least if I remember correctly, uh, the way that it works is that there is legitimately a worm that ends up growing and, and as the dog gets older, the worm will grow with the dog and eventually will constrict around the heart and ace would have ended up getting a heart attack at some point yep um they they say that you know when a dog gets heartworm apparently now i thought it was as soon as the dog gets heartworm you have to get treatment or the dog's gonna die apparently that's not the case you can if, if a dog isn't properly treated for heartworm the dog's not going to die immediately but as the dog gets older and the dog continues to exercise and do things that obviously increase the heart rate at a certain point, the dog is going to drop dead sure. from a heart attack. 
Um, so anyway, so we immediately said, okay, you know, look, whatever needs to be done needs to be done. Um, and it, it, it was a relatively expensive procedure when it was all said and done. We, uh, we got, we were fortunate the, uh, that the, the heart guard, um, I think that's the name of the, the preventative, uh, the, the heartworm treatment, uh, that company, specific company was willing to give us $500 towards the, the treatment, um, because they, I guess they felt guilty or whatever. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they felt bad for you. <laughs> yeah. I think they felt, they, they probably felt bad for us. I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't really remember. I was just told, Hey, you're getting a $500 credit. I thank said, you very thank much. You, thank you. <laughs> and we'll walk away and, and we'll take the $500 credit. So it ended up being about a $1,500 procedure when it was all said and done instead of $2,000, which, Hey, every, every, every little penny helps, um, on that end. So he went in for his first treatment. I want to say it was November, October, something like that. It was, it was a couple months after because we had to start get, we had to give him medication. So he was on medication for, I think it was three months. And then he went in for his first treatment. And then the way that it works is once they come home from that treatment, they can't move. It's, it was pretty much, we had to put him in the crate, um, and leave him in the crate unless he had to go to the bathroom. Sure. And and that was it. They were very, very restrictive about how much he could be moving around. So aside from him using the bathroom or getting up to get a drink of water or getting up to eat, he couldn't move. Um, because they said it's extremely, extremely important that he does not do anything to raise his heart level. So again, so I'm trying to think. So that, that first treatment was, I think was in October and then his second one was in December and it was right around the holidays. Um, so that was his second treatment. And then his final treatment came in January or February. So every two um, to three months, is that about right? Yeah. yeah, it was pretty much every two to three months. And after the third treatment, they said, okay, we're going to wait a couple weeks and then we're going to bring him back in and test him and see how he's doing because we may not have to do the fourth treatment, which thankfully we didn't. So we did his third treatment. They went back in, they did a blood test and we found out that, that, um, it was, he was okay. free. Yeah. So that was a re- I just realized I rambled extremely long and I don't know if that was coherent by any means. So if it wasn't, I no, it was good. I mean, it's an important thing. Cause like people don't realize like, that it can just happen to any dog. Like there's no rhyme or reason for it. Um, no, there isn't. I mean, and you and, did everything and, right. And, you know, you did everything you could, you know? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, and I think it's, it's, it is scary though. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was, um, I was petrified for, for him, uh, mainly because once, once it started getting more, I live in Connecticut. So the, um, for those who are unaware, uh, so really when we first got him, we got him in September of 2017. We only had a little bit of time to actually be able to really exercise with him outside because once like November, December hits, it's freezing outside and we're not really going to do anything excessive. But once it got warm and it got relatively warm last spring. So by April, so from April through finding out that this, that our dog had heartworm, I was taking him to the park every day. We were running, going just, berserk just trying to burn off as much puppy energy as i possibly could to then find out that that the poor dog had a worm attached to his heart that could have 
been that could have been hurting him it just completely devastated me and again i, I didn't obviously i didn't know right. so i'm, I'm not you You're know, not asshole, saying yeah. oh my god like I'm, I'm a horrible person but it, it just sucks it sucks to know that you know i'm i'm pushing this dog to the nth degree just because i, I want to burn off all that energy and and he could have been in pain and, and i had no idea um so it's definitely a debilitating feeling uh, emotionally when you find out but for those of you, if, if that ever happens to you, it, the, the positive part is that there is measures that can be taken to ensure that, that your dog or your cat or I, I don't know if there are any other animals that can get heartworm, but yeah, I'm not sure. um, there, there, are, there are preventative measures and, and steps that can be taken to ensure that you know, your, your animal will, will survive. And is, uh, so it's not a death sentence diagnosis, you know? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, unless it's, unless they get later I mean, in life and you know, right. But right. For a new puppy that has it, it's not the end of the world, but it sucks for the first year. And he had, right. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it sucked, man. To, to tell, to, <laughs> to try and, and train a, a puppy to all of a sudden stop being a puppy is, it's brutal. It, it really is. Um, and he, he was, Ace was very fortunate uh, in the sense that as far as like the stages go, he had the lowest stage or the lowest grade of, of heartworm. Oh, I didn't know so, there was different grades, but I thought it was either positive or negative. I didn't realize there was like a cancer thing where it was like stage one or whatever. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what it was, was they said he was stage, uh, I, I want to say like stage five, like he was like the lowest grade i guess i guess stage one is the worst so the the higher the number the better off uh he was and, and he was the lowest possible i want to say it was either stage five or stage four whatever it happened to sure be. um but he was he was extremely lucky and they think that that's also why he only needed three treatments as opposed to four or even a fifth one or, or whatever it happened to be mm -hmm. um because it was again such a lower grade of heartworm um it, it wasn't as devastating as it could have been. And it's all, it also could have been the fact that they caught it as quickly as they did too. Um, so we were, uh, we were fortunate that we went in when we did for his physical. So, so yeah, I'm sorry. Man. No, I completely. No, I, like I appreciate that. And it's an important thing. Cause a lot of my friends and people that listen to this have pets and you know, it's one of those things you don't think about. And it's, like it's something that should be in the back of your mind that, you know, Hey, Justin, this could happen, you know, especially with now that spring and summer's coming, people are going, like I saw Philly was giving away, um, like all of their kennels were free or like all of their kennels were full. So they were giving away dogs. Um, so it's oh, one of those wow. things that you need to look for when you're getting a new dog, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, um, yeah. Cause there's, I know, do you, so with Cooper, do you, your dog, Cooper, yep. for those who don't know. Yep. Um, I don't know if you mentioned him on your podcast. Before. I don't think That's I have. I... I don't think I've talked about any of my animals. <clears throat> do you do the um, – do you do the uh, – the, what do you call them? Not the pill, but the uh, – the, like we the monthly the medication or do you do – okay, so you do the shot. Okay. So for okay. both the dogs, so, we, so for those of you who don't know, I have a yellow lab greyhound mix maybe and a purebred Yorkie who's a bitch. And um, for both the dogs, we've been doing, uh, I think it's every six months. I think it's like heart guard or heart, heart pro, pro heart. I don't know, something. Uh, it's an injection. So instead of giving a dog a heartworm pill every month, it's an injection every six months, you're good to go. 
And when I did the math, it was like an extra $2 to do it. And I was like, well, if I don't have to remember every month to do this and to get the dogs to swallow pills is a pain in the ass. So I just take them to the vet every six months and get the shot and don't have to think about it. Um, to start it, they want to make sure that they're negative before they, because I guess what happens if the dog has heartworm to give the shot, it'll kill the dog. So oh, damn. Um, you have to make sure the dog is negative before you can give them that shot. So um, that was the only stipulation to it. But yeah, we've been doing that for, oh God, I've had Cooper now seven years and um, I got him, when did I move to Florida? I moved to Florida in 13, so I must have got him at 14. He was a year old then. So yeah, I mean, he's what, eight now. So yeah, seven years I've been doing it and haven't had any issues with it. So and then for flea and tick, we use the Soresto collar. So um, instead of putting like lotion or whatever on him, it's just a collar that they wear. It's good for, I want to say, eight months. But what I do is I just replace it every six months. So when I go and get the shot, I just replace the collar and I'm done with it. So oh, I don't have go. to worry about flea, tick, or heartworm for six months at a time. That's awesome. So that's how we do that. Um, so I, I just realized, like, I mentioned that we talked about the previous podcast that we did at your place, but I never like introduced you. But if you listen to the last week's podcast on the Lala or the Richo and Lala show, we go way back into that. So I'll give a quick synopsis. Chris and I go way back till we think it's 2008, right? Is that what we decided? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That sounds about So right. yeah, we've been friends for 11 years now. He lives in Connecticut. Um, I don't even know where to start because it's going to take longer than two minutes. So you should just listen to the other fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Plug my podcast. I'm trying, I'm trying, plugging real hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think last week's podcast was a blast because we literally, um, just talked about all sorts of things from current events to our friendship and, you know, really growing up. Like, you know, we were pretty young and immature back in the day and, uh, we kind of blossomed over the years, I guess, huh? We, we kind of put on our adult pants finally. Yeah. I mean, you know, we started doing that whole adulting thing. God, I hate when people say that adulting. It's so, oh, it drives me nuts. Uh, even though I just said it twice. Uh, <laughs> All right. You millennial. Right. I know. Oh God. We suck. Our generation's awful. Um, Ooh, please go into this. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's stir this pot. <laughs> yeah, right. See how many people I can piss off on your, uh, Oh, your I guarantee we pissed off people on your podcast last week. I guarantee people shut it off, which I'm not saying. Yeah. Well, actually, I shouldn't have said that because now people are going to not listen to it. It was a great podcast, everybody. And you should definitely go listen to it. <laughs> well, I think my, my issue, I, I, you know, screw it. We're, we're going down the road. We'll go down. <laughs> my, my issue with, with our generation is that people would shut off our podcast because they don't like what we're saying. You're no longer allowed to disagree. You're no longer allowed to have a a differing opinion than somebody else. I do agree. It's either my way or the highway. Exactly. And that's the problem with, I mean, if you look at colleges, you can't, (laughs) you, you can't, you can't say anything because somebody may possibly get triggered or possibly be offended because you happen to have a differing opinion than them, which is complete and utter. Are you allowed to swear on your, on your podcast? Fuck yes. Okay. <laughs> it's complete. It's complete and utter bullshit is what it is. And it's, it's creating a bunch of Nancy's and it's not real life. I mean, there's no such thing as a, you, you go and you work, 
I don't know, you, you go work in the corporate world. I don't know of too many corporate offices that have safe spaces for you if somebody says something and it hurts your feelings. Like, that's just not real life. You know, you mentioned that. But so when I went through boot camp back in 2009, there was none of that. But in previous years, they have now like have these little cards that you pull out. And if you're feeling stressed or things are bothering you, you pull out this card and the drill instructors have to leave you alone for a little bit. Are you kidding me? I was like, is this what the world is fucking coming to? Like, you're going to... Boot camp is supposed to break you down to build you back up, and you're not letting them break you down to build you back up. Like, I, I just don't see how it's working. So, yeah, it, it's a real thing. They, I, Stress cards? Something? I forget what they're called. I have to look it up. But I was like, are you kidding me? We're like, we're a bunch of pansies now. So what the hell is even the point of boot camp at that point? Uh the hell if i know because america's already fat it's not like you're getting back in shape like i don't know <laughs> i have no idea so I, I definitely i definitely like this rabbit hole we're going down though <laughs> hey you know I, I i you know i i live for taking people off that's like it's it's part of my uh, i mean it's in your job description charm. literally right it is absolutely oh god yeah yeah like just today i was i was called an asshole because i was doing my job um I don't want to talk about my job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to make you do that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Now that'll put people to sleep. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't, I mean, look, you, we're both in college right now. I mean, but I do it online and you actually go to class and you're, and you're dealing with, with people. Sure. Um, what do you see on campuses? Like, do you see people acting I don't say acting weird, but are people, do, do people seem sheltered or seem like they need to be in just like their own special groups so they don't get triggered or get offended oh, or feel upset? I'm gonna, if anybody from my school is listening to this, they're about to like disband me and people are not going to talk to me come Monday. So here we go. Um, a lot of people in my class, if they get, so we have an exam and they don't agree with it. They will fight tooth and nail being like, you said this. And you said, like, my favorite thing is you said this wasn't going to be on the test and it was on the test. And I'm like, well, if you fucking studied, you don't have to worry about it. Like, because the instructor said, maybe you should know this or, you know, maybe you shouldn't look like if they, if they went over it or it's in the book, you should probably know it. So to fight over things that they said, I mean, you can't really go off of like, so when it comes time to take your boards, are you going to say, well, we didn't study that because it wasn't on my study guide. Well, whose fault is that? Like, right. So why are you arguing? And now, like, my class is very different because it's very eclectic, per se. So we're all second bachelor students. Some people graduated last year at the age of 24. Some people graduated at the age uh, or at the age of 24 and are now 36 or 34 or whatever. And I'm in the middle there. Like, I graduated last year. Sure. However, I'm also not 24 years old. So I look at things a little more towards the older people do. And I'm like, yeah, so you, you had this in college, but don't you think like you should have put on your big boy and girl pants and studied? Like, I, I just, I don't understand that they think that everything should be given to them. Like I'm paying this. So I deserve this. Well, no, you're paying for that to get the education. You have to put in the work to accomplish that education. Like it's not a give me because you paid for it. 
Right. If that was the case, then people would just buy degrees. Which I guess they do. I don't think about that with uh, whatever her name is, that actress. Oh, Lori Lawson? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess technically. You can't just buy money, a degree, can... right? I mean, whatever. But, I mean, you're not getting anything out of it. Like, school is what you what, – whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. And if you put nothing in, you're not going to get anything out of it. And then when you want to bitch about it later, it's nobody's fault but your own. Like, you, can, exactly. you can throw a pity party all you want. I don't feel bad. No, no. And why should you? Like, I don't know how things I mean, are with you because you're. So you got your bachelor's, and now you're doing your master's online. I don't know how it is for you. Like, if people are saying like, "Oh, I don't agree with this," like, I don't know how the online forums work or things like that for you. If you can actually see that, or if it's all behind the scenes. It's all behind the scenes. I mean, like, if if people wanted to bitch, I mean, like, we have each other. Like, we everyone in our class. Um, I mean, because I have different students in every class. Uh, like, it's not like we have like classmates or anything. But, like, we have each other's emails. So, if somebody wanted to bitch or moan or groan, uh, I guess they could contact everybody in the class and start, like, a group chat that way. Oh, but, I feel like that's a train wreck waiting to happen. Yeah, it is. But that hasn't happened. I, it's – for the most part, I haven't really had any problems. I mean, I had a professor this last semester who um, I did not get along with. Uh, she wasn't a fan of me. I wasn't a fan of her. Uh, but – at the end of the day, you know, I sucked it up and I just did it. Uh, I did the work and, and all that crap. But I, it's it's just interesting to me because I do it online. I don't get to to have the interaction with with other people, which you do, which is why I was in, I was interested just because of of all the things that I've read about how students are acting now on college campuses and you know how if a lecture or a somebody comes in to give a lecture and it and it's politically based and you know a group of students don't like it then all of a sudden they start protesting and freaking out and and saying that oh this person's a fascist or this person's a communist or whatever it happens to be um i was just i was just interested to see if that was the case or if it was overblown or you know what your interpretation so here is a great one the opposite of that actually happened last semester and i don't think i told you about this and you're i think you're gonna get triggered here so yes so we had uh we had to do a psych class um so we had a psych professor come in who has her doctorate i think anyway not not really relevant but um she refused to teach us about gender dysmorphic disorder so for those of you who don't know like i think it's the people that say like i think i'm a man but i'm a woman or i'm a woman and i'm a man really that kind of thing and she's like yeah we're not going to talk about that at all in this class because it's too controversial and i was like well sure it's controversial but in our profession we're gonna deal with these people so shouldn't we know how to deal with these people so and like as a class, we were like, well, why aren't we learning this when it's out there? So it's, it's kind of the opposite of that where, you know, people don't want to talk about things because they're, they're afraid people are going to get triggered or whatever, you know? How the hell are you guys supposed to be in the medical field and not know how to handle those types of situations? Right. Like, like that doesn't even make sense. So I can remember <laughs> – I mean, this isn't HIPAA because I'm not going to give anything away, but I had a patient come in one day who had um, uh, a hernia, like up in, up in the butt. So we had them put on a gown, and as they're putting on a gown, I was like, oh, there's a penis there. <laughs> and 
didn't look like he had a penis to begin with. <laughs> it's like one of those things like, oh, I should probably stop calling you her because you're not a her, but you go by a her, right? It's like, how do you deal with those kind of things? And that was the scenario I gave the professor. And she's like, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I said, oh, okay. Well, I I don't understand then. Then what's the why are you what's the point of teaching that class then? Well, if you're not going to prep your students or prep the students for learning how to handle you know delicate situations or difficult situations like that, then what the hell's the point of the class? Like you're you're only teaching half, you know, half of the material at that point. Well, I think that she just wanted to teach the material she wanted to teach and that was it. And I'm like, um, well, I mean, it's the 21st century. We have to deal with this, even if we agree with it or not. So why not just give a like, I don't I don't want you to take a side, a political side on it for the professor. I just want you to teach the facts. Like when you have a patient like this, ask the patient, what do you go by or what do you prefer? That's all I wanted to fucking hear. You know, like, right. I don't I don't want to get to the nitty gritty of, well, you have a penis, so you're a man. So I'm going to go call you a man and you're going to perform men activities like you need a prostate exam, blah, blah, blah. I don't I don't care. I don't care about that. Just teach me the basics. I'll figure out the rest on my own, you know? Right. That's so weird. So was this particular professor, like, did you feel like they were uncomfortable because they didn't like the... Ooh, that's a good one. This, the subject matter, or was it the fact that they were they very much believed in the subject matter but didn't want to, um, I don't know, didn't want to have somebody differ from their opinion, if that makes sense. Like they, they didn't want pushback from anybody. So I guess I should have pre uh, presented this a little better because I'm at a Catholic school. So that might have something to do with it, but I don't think it does because some of the professors swear and, you know, some of them don't believe in Jesus and all that. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know. So I think it was more of her because she was a psychiatric nurse by background. So I think it was more of her wanting to not do it on her personal beliefs and not the professional aspect of it, if that makes sense. Nope. Completely makes sense. So, yeah, I, I just couldn't get over that. Like, I ended up giving her a terrible review. Like she would, she gave us exam. Oh my God. Holy shit. She gave us an, a, an exam. It was for nine chapters and she wanted it to be, 30 questions and we flipped out as millennials do. And we said, how are we <laughs> supposed to get 30 questions for nine chapters? Like that is insane that you, you think that 30 questions is going to, you know, t- give us the, like, I can't prove to you that I know the information. If you only give me 30 questions is basically what it was. So she ended up giving us 50 questions instead of 30. So it was a little better, but every one of these questions had all sorts of typos. I mean, like the worst of typos, like instead of body, it would be like booty or something. And you're like, what the fuck are you like? It was like, she was intoxicated writing the exam. And then we went up to her and we're like, what does this word mean? She's like, you guys need to stop asking me this question because you, it's obvious what the word is. And we're like, well, no, not really because this could be anything. Cause you just typed in a bunch of random shit. So she's like, it's not my fault guys. I used it from a test bank. And I was, and I blew up. I was like, so if I, if I, if I took a paper, cause we had to write a paper in this class. If I took a paper from somebody else and said, and, and handed it to you and there was all sorts of typos in it. And I said, sorry, it's somebody else's paper. Would that be okay? <laughs> like, so tell me how this is okay that you're giving us this exam and you're saying it's not my fault 
when clearly you didn't proofread it. Right. So I guess I guess I'm a millennial. I guess I will fight on some things. I just I pick my fights. Look, man, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to like millennial. I'm not. When I said that I can't stand our generation, it's the it's the whining, it's the it's the bitching and it's the complaining just to whine, bitch and complain. Like if you actually have a reason for it, like you clearly did, that's a completely different scenario. Then I'm just talking about the people who sit on Twitter all day and bitch and moan about how they want a $75,000 a year job, but they don't actually want to go out and do the work to earn a $75,000 a year job. That's where I'm going. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, like I said, I think people want to be given things in our generation. Like I want free college. And it's like, well, how the hell is it going to get paid for if you want free college? Yeah, it sounds great. Who wouldn't want free college? But like we talked in the other podcast, how is it, how are you going to pay for it? You know, right, right. I mean, it's it's we live we live in an entitled society at this point in time where everybody just expects to just get everything, everything that they want because well they were born. So that obviously means that that they deserve X, Y, and Z. Which it's not real, man. It's not the real world. And I know we're kind of we're kind of tail kind of dovetailing back into what we talked about on the other podcast the other day, but it, it's just, it drives me nuts. It really does. As somebody who, who grew up um, and was, was taught by their parents that, you know, whatever you want in life, like you can, you can be whatever you want to be. You can achieve whatever you want to achieve, but it's going to be on your own merits. Like you, you're going to get what you earn. And if you, if you don't want to put in the effort and you don't want to work hard, then, you know, you'll, you'll reap what you sow. And I just feel like those lessons are just, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely not wrong in in saying that. I mean, like, obviously people here know my background, like I was in the military and the only reason I joined the military is because I, one was too immature for college to begin with back when I was 18 years old and it really helped get my life back together. And two, it helped pay for college when I was mature. So it was like a win-win. Like, I think that, like, if I, if I had my way, I think that every person in the U.S. should either join the military or if not able to join the military for physical or mental reasons, have to join um, the Red Cross or Habitat for Humanity or do that for a number of years before they even go to college to realize what it's like not having things given to you and you have to earn it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I, I, we did talk about this the other day, um, and I told you then that I agreed with you. I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, I, it, other countries have done it. Specifically, I can think of Israel offhand that does a minimum of two years where you have to go and join the service, and then you get your college paid for. And if you want more degrees, like if you want to be a doctor or whatever, you have to – like. I think the thing is there – that they're they don't pay you as well but they pay for your college so you're yes like doctors here in america make six figures because they have to pay back mil a million dollars where in israel or other countries they don't have to pay back that million dollars so they get paid sixty eighty thousand dollars and they're okay with that right and i think that would also help with inflation too for both college and for the economy but i don't know i'm not an economist by trade i don't know anything about it but my two cents for what it's worth. 
I, I, like I said last time, and I'll say it again. I mean, I, I really do. I think, I think that's a brilliant idea, truly. Uh, because again, at least then you're, you're earning what you're earning something. It's not, again, it's not just given to you. You're actually earning, um, you know, something that, something that you, that you hope to achieve. I mean, like if you, if you want to go to college, here's the thing, man, I know this is going to piss people off and I don't care. Let's do it. (laughs) I wanted, I, I, Look, I fucked up when I when I went to when we met when we were when we became friends and we were both at Three Rivers at a community college at the time. I was dicking around. <laughs> As was I. That's why I joined the military. <laughs> I had no interest in being there. I was mad. I was pissed that I went there because I knew in high school that I, it was one of those things where everybody was getting all these letters of recommendation and they were all applying to. To all these colleges and I was sitting back and, and in high school I was dicking around. I didn't give a shit. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like I I mean I didn't I didn't fail anything. I was I was like a B student, B minus student. Sure. Um didn't apply myself, but I could easily pass any class. It wasn't it wasn't like it was difficult for me. Um but I, I didn't try. And so I just was like, yeah fuck it. Let's go to community college. Who cares? I'll go to community college. I'll figure out what I want to do with my life. I went to community college and I'm, I'm sitting around and I'm like, wow, this is like high school 2.0. Mm-hmm. This sucks. I don't want to be here either. Well, I mean, but, also it was community college. Like you and I were in class together. We had all of 20 people in a class. So it was, right. it was that kind of feel or a bunch of 18, 19 year olds sitting in a class with 20 people. Exactly. Exactly. And it was just one of those things where I just, I just didn't give a shit. And then I went to, I went to, I ended up going to uh, Eastern Connecticut State University uh, after two and a half years at Three Rivers, and I was there for about three years, got my bachelor's in English. And it wasn't until I got into Eastern and, and actually started realizing that, holy shit, I, you know, I, I can keep dicking around if I wanted to and, and keep just, you know, lackadaisically going to class and, and only putting in half effort. Or I can actually wake the fuck up and realize that, you know, if I want, if I, like I'm in college, I'm, I have to pay back these loans at some point. Like when I get out of, when I get out of here, I've got a shitload of debt that I'm going to have that I'm going to have to pay back. So I can either work my ass off the rest of the way, get a decent job and be able to pay back my loans, or I can go to college, get a degree and do absolutely nothing with it because they didn't learn anything from the get go, which is kind of what you talked about a few minutes ago when you said you're only going to get what you put you're only going to get out what you put in. So the point that I'm trying to make is that, like, if you really want to go to college, you can find a way to go to college. You can take out loans. And I understand people don't want to want to put themselves in debt. And I trust me, I completely can appreciate that because my ass is in debt. Like once I'm once I'm done with my master's program, I'm going to be about sixty thousand dollars in debt when it's all said and done, including um, the master's program and my bachelor's program. So I get the fact that you don't want to be in debt, but at the same time, there are, there are ways for you to be able to go to school. Like you can go to school and it's up to you to then go to school and then make something of yourself so you can pay off that debt or you can just completely waste your time. You can go, you can go to school, you can get your degree you can walk around and say, hey, look at me. I've got my bachelor's or I've got my master's. But if you didn't actually apply yourself 
and actually try to learn something, then what was the point? It was all for mute. You're right. Right. It was all for mute. And if you're – and really the point that I'm trying to make here is what would be the difference if you take out the loan, you do all that work, or you, you go through the motions to do all the work, and you get that piece of paper, but you didn't really learn anything. Are you really going to work that much harder if you're just given that degree? If you just get to go to school for free? Like if people aren't – people and, – and I'm one of those people who didn't apply themselves in the beginning – if I didn't apply myself when I was technically paying to go to school, or I'm paying for it now, sure, yeah, back, paying to go to yeah, school for your undergrad, yeah. Why the hell would I apply myself if I'm getting it for free? Right. What's the incentive? You know, there is none at that point. Right. And, and then what? How special is your degree at that point too? Like, what is what is your math? How is your master's degree in? I don't know. What, how is your master's degree in psychology any different than the guy down the street's master's degree in psychology? All right. You guys both got it for free, essentially. There's nothing that's differentiating one from the other at that point. Yeah, you could look at grades, but still at the same time. Does that time, mean everything too, though? Like, is that the all-encompassing, like, litmus test of saying, like, you're a good candidate when you look at things? Like, I used to think so, but I don't think that's the case anymore. See, I, 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 would, I would disagree with it. I think, like, if you put, like, just to toot my own horn, if you put me applying for a job and then put somebody else with the same degree that had a better GPA than me, I still think that I would perform better just because of my experience. And I don't think you could use GPA as the sole factor. I mean, sure, it should be a factor, but it should be the sole factor. Oh, no. And I completely agree with you. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't think that grades matter anymore. I think they used to. I think that that used to they used to matter. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if you came out in school, because I, I used to see when I was applying for jobs, I mean, this was, you know, six, seven years ago when I was first getting out of Eastern. Um, and they would, they would specifically ask me for my GPA. And I was like, well, what the hell does this matter for? And then I realized that that would be kind of how they would wean through applications is they would look at people and they would, they would check, you know, obviously they, they would do a background check to see if, if you're, um, cause they would want to copy your transcript and stuff like that. So they would check to see if you're, if what you put on the application was true. And, and I realized, wow, okay. So maybe your GPA does matter. So Chris, I've been on your podcast and you and Richo, um, do this thing at the end where you guys ask questions. And while we didn't come prepared with questions, I want to at least put you on the spot and ask you one. So we've been talking about college and um, high school and not applying ourselves, which we both didn't apply ourselves. And that's probably why we are so good friends. Um, it made me think, what was your most traumatic experience with a teacher in any of your grades? Is there anything that stands out? Um, as far as grades go? No, anything. Like, um, like what, anything that meant, like, was would stick out to this day that you're like, wow, like either the teacher was messed up or I messed up and I got scared or, you know, anything, wherever you want to go. Uh, the most traumatic really, experiences with the teacher. Really? It was this, it was this past semester. I, I was talking about earlier about, um, so this past semester I, I had a, um, I was taking a marketing class and, um, and again, this is going to sound really arrogant, but whatever in, Every single, um, every single paper that I had gotten throughout my master's program thus far 
um, or at least up to this marketing class, I had gotten, I hadn't gotten anything less than a 90, like I think a 93 or 94 was my lowest. Well, let me just raise a pinky up to you, sir. Yeah, that's right. I'm an elite (laughs) individual. What can I say? Um, So anyway, my first paper for this professor, I got an 84. Oh my God. Stop the world. I, I know, but here's the thing, man. I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to, to my writing. So I, I saw the grade and I'm like, "Mm, okay. So I pull up the, uh, the rubric and I'm taking a look at it and she took off a lot of points and, and was telling me that I have to, I have to check my grammar and that my, my citations were wrong and, and I need to, and she gave me a link to the APA format. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I email her and I said, hey, look, um, I'm a little concerned about my grade. I'm a little lost as to why you're telling me that I apparently can't write. Um, Coming from an English major, by the way. Right. Which she knew. She knew what my major was. I in, in discussion posts when the semester had began, she had asked, you know, what our backgrounds were and all that kind of crap. So she, she, knew, uh, she knew where I was coming from. Um, but the thing about it was she never actually, usually at least other professors that I've had, um, regardless of it's been, if it's been an online class or if it's actually been in a physical classroom setting, when you write a paper and a professor thinks that your grammar sucks, usually they, they point it out in their, in their grading, like they'll, they'll edit it on the actual document itself, whether again, whether it's, it's through Microsoft word or it's through, um, or they actually physically sit there with a red pen and mark it. Sure. She didn't do any of that. And so that was where my concern lie, where I said, you know, you didn't mark anything. You're just telling me that I can't write, but you're not showing me where or how or exactly. I was like, I don't know specifically what you want me to fix. And so she instead sends me a link or four or five links to a bunch of um, grammar websites where she was like, well, you know, grammar is extremely important when it comes to marketing and when it comes to writing and, and um, writing proposals and all these other, all this other bullshit. And I'm like, okay, so apparently you're not going to teach me. I have to teach myself. Okay, whatever. So then our second paper, my second paper um, was due two weeks later. Turn that in. Comes back, I get an F. Whoa. So you went from a B, solid B to an F. I went from, I had a, yeah. So I went from a solid B in the first paper. All of a sudden I got an F. Same thing. Literally the same thing. The same thing was your grammar was awful. You know, your, your citations were wrong. And now I'm like, okay, either you're fucking with me or you don't like, you don't like me. I don't know what the hell I'm doing wrong at this point. So I emailed her again and I said, I am deeply concerned with my grade now. And now I I wasn't failing the class. I had a, because I had, I had gotten A's on everything else thus far. I was, I think I had like a 86, 85 for the class, but there were still five weeks left to go. And there were still two more big papers. I'm like, well, if I, if I got a, if I'm <laughs> progressively going down the ladder here, I'm, I'm in trouble. 
So obviously, again, I, like I like I just said, I, I emailed her. I expressed my concern. I said, "Look, I don't want to fail this course. But what am I doing? Like, please point out specifically, point out to me what I'm doing wrong, so I can fix it. I, I, because I truly don't know what more I can do. Right. I used the websites you sent me. I thought I, I thought I turned in a a grammatically appropriate paper for you. I know that the citations I'm doing are correct because I legitimately copied and pasted from the damn APA website. Mm-hmm. All I did was fill in, like I used it as a template. All I did was fill in the the actual sources that I used. And she wrote me back and, and she pretty much was like, you know, other other teachers may have allowed you to get away with, with grammar. However, I find grammar to be extremely important. Blah, 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 blah. Pretty much you can't write. So at that point, I was like, I literally lost my mind. And I'm, I'm, I was talking to my wife about it. I'm, I'm venting to her. And I'm like, this motherfucker is going to fail me. I'm so pissed. I can't, you know, I've worked my ass off to, keep, to have an A average throughout my master's program. And this person is going to fail me. Mm-hmm. I acted like a millennial. I acted like a baby. <laughs> uh, you were your like own person I can't stand. I was. Yeah. I was. Uh, so to make a long story short, uh, even though I just made that an extremely long story, I busted my ass for the next two, the next two papers. I ended up getting an A in the, on my third paper. And then on my final, I got an A minus, which ended up giving me an A minus for the, uh, for the class. I, I got a, um, the, the, the final paper was worth something like 450 points. So it was, it was, it was worth almost half your damn grade. So it was, I, once I got an A on, on my third paper, can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. It was, I could breathe a little bit and I said, okay, as long as I can get a C or better, I'm going to get a B for the class. And at that point, that's what I was shooting for. I'm like, as long as I don't get a C plus, because in in the master's program, at least at the, at uh, Southern New Hampshire, the way that it works is if you get any more than two, if you get two C plus or anything lower than a B minus more than twice, during the program, you're kicked out. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah. So it's, it's pretty much like you, you don't have a choice. It, it's obviously, you know, they, they give you a buffer. If you get one C plus, it's not the big, it's, like it's not the end of the world or whatever. Right. It's not the end of the world, but if you get two, you're done. Right. So I was like, no, 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 I, I can't, I can't. So I just, I just need to somehow get a, get a C on this final paper and I'll get a B for the course and I'll be okay. And, and, and I ended up, like I said, I ended up lucking out. I, I, I got an A. I don't, again, I don't know what changed because my, the way that I wrote, I didn't all of a sudden alter my writing, you know, my writing between the F paper and the A minus paper. I just stressed out like nothing anybody has ever seen before. Like it, I was a miserable son of a bitch. I literally, I was a horrific person for two weeks. Because I was constantly working on this paper, um, so yeah. So the, to answer your question, as, as I just gave like a twenty-minute story here, uh, this past semester was was really brutal for me. Um, and to be honest with you, I still don't know what I did wrong or what what I could have done better in those papers because it was never explained to me. I mean, just throwing so, my two cents in there, it sounds like she didn't even read the paper. She just wanted to make herself sound good because she couldn't give you any direct feedback she just gave you very generic things that said follow this follow this follow this well 
if you did, then she has nothing to go off of. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So the first time ever, I completely roasted her on the uh, pro on the evaluations we have to do at the end of every semester. I don't know if you guys do yep, this, yep. but we we get um, we get an email and it asks for us to um, just give an evaluation of our of our of the course itself and the professor. And I absolutely roasted this professor on the uh, on the evaluation. I also went on rate my teacher or rate your teacher or whatever it is. Oh, rate my professor. Um, yep. Ray, my professor, thank you. I'd never been on that website before. And I ended up finding her on the website. And everybody said the exact same thing that was happening to me, which was like, there were people who were like, oh my God, if you can avoid her, avoid her like the play. She's <laughs> awful. All she cares about is grammar, but she doesn't explain specifically what it is that's wrong with your paper. She just keeps telling people that grammar is what matters the most. And so I went on, I went on and I actually wrote a review, which I had never done before. Um, and I pretty much reiterated exactly all those points, which was don't take her. She's awful. You're not going to learn anything because she won't explain it to you. You're just going to get beaten down mentally. And then for no right reason, really, exactly. And then you just hope and pray that you're able to, you know, somehow not fail her course. So. Um, well, now that I just talked for 15 minutes, Daniel, how about you? <laughs> Traumatic experience with a teacher. Oh man. I'm going to take this way back. So when I was thinking about this question, all of five minutes ago, I thought about one specific incident and it was in first at St. Mary's, um, elementary school. So this is a Catholic school with Maddie douche. Yeah. With Maddie D. He might remember that. He probably won't remember this because it was traumatic to me. Um, So we had in first grade, we had to do a, we had a test and it was on money. It was counting money. And we had like the plastic coins and she would like give us a, she would say like, you know, count out 53 cents. And we had to put out like two quarters and three pennies or whatever, whatever it was. Well, she thought that I was cheating off of this guy named Jay Lemieux. I don't even know where he is in life now. I don't even know if I, 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 don't, I don't know anything about him anymore. Anyway, he's probably an accountant somewhere. <laughs> probably. Anyway, <laughs> um, she thought that I was looking at his, um, his coins or whatever. So she says, Daniel, get up and move to the back of the classroom because you're cheating off Jay and Jay doesn't know anything anyway. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Like, obviously not as a first grader, I'm not going to say that, but I'm like, I'm like, you think I'm cheating. And then you just announce the entire class that he doesn't know what he's doing anyway. All right. So maybe he's not an accountant. My bad. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe she was just an asshole because who says that to a bunch of first graders in Catholic school is beyond me. He doesn't know what he's doing anyway. That's awesome. Oh. But because it was traumatic to me that she thought that I was cheating, it was traumatic to him because she said in front of the entire class that he doesn't know what he's doing. And to this day, I can remember that vividly. Mrs. Dillon, fuck you. That's all I got. <laughs> so I just want to say your story was amazing because it didn't take 20 minutes. Oh, I keep mine short and sweet I- to the point. Yeah, I don't mess around. I'm over here. I'm over here giving you my. Uh, I'm, I'm you surprised know. you didn't just read the whole damn paper to us. <laughs> <laughs> I would have pointed out the grammatical errors for you. We would have been done. 
Oh God. See, Rich, Rich, when we do when, when we do the Rich on Allah podcast, Rich cannot stand asking me questions because I either A take too long to answer them because I'm I'm very detailed. Or B, I specifically have to ask him, okay, so when you now when you're asking me this question, are you asking me this way or do you want me to answer it that way? And he loses his mind every time. See, I try to so, ask ask direct questions to avoid all of that conflict. Like if I need to explain something, I don't mind doing that, but I don't want to like put in like well if it like situational based, you know? Like I try to yeah, make it absolutely. direct. Like a yes or no or give me an example. Not like, well, if this were to happen, what would you do? Like those kind of things. Because then you're opening a can of worms where you're gonna go down a long and dark path. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. So, absolutely. That's um, not to put you on the spot, but you got any questions you you wanna ask that you forgot to ask uh last week in your podcast? Well see, I'm 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 thinking actually right now, since since we're on this this school trend here. <laughs> Because I, I like I like this. this. This this could be fun. Okay, here we go. Um, quick question though does Does Betsy listen to this podcast? Uh, she she usually doesn't. However, now that you're on here, she may because she likes you more than me. So there's that. All right. So then, so then we're, we're I'm going to alter that. Question. No, please do ask it away. Please. What was the worst relationship you had in school? Worst relationship I had in school. So oh god. Um. Or the most traumatic. We can do it that way too. How, how, however, you want to define like the worst girlfriend type of relationship that you had in school. I'm assuming you dated in high school, right? Yeah, but so like in okay. high school, I dated somebody my whole junior and senior year, and then once college hit, we went our separate ways. Um, so that was that was fine, but I'd have to go before that, and then it's like it really wasn't dating because like oh we went to a football game together and that was it like um, dude that was big deal okay <laughs> right like who am I who am I gonna kiss at the football game tonight yeah like one of those kind of things <laughs> you know, like I don't know um, but the, so rephrase the question one more time what is the most so what was the most well, I mean this is boring man if you're telling me that you didn't you didn't really have any any exciting stories for me no it was pretty much like what was like what was the most i was gonna say like what was like the worst relationship or what was the most traumatic relationship that you had in in like what if you're if you're going back in your rolodex of girlfriends that you've had yep um pre-college okay what was the one that haunts you haunts me so it wasn't really because of anything that her and i could have done like so my first girlfriend would have been fifth grade and look at you stud right like i got around yeah but like so the issue was you know back then we didn't have cell phones so you had to like call the house or whatever and hope to god that their parents didn't answer uh, you know (laughs) like way back in the day so my first girlfriend would have been and my parents didn't they're like if you're gonna call you have to use the downstairs phone that's wired to the wall you have to stand there the entire time if you're gonna talk to them and i'm just like oh here we go this is gonna be the worst relationship ever because i have to like talk in front of my parents to this girl so um (laughs) that's traumatic in itself but so Uh. it it came like it was some christmas time like it would have been december time frame where i needed to buy her a christmas present 
mom and dad wouldn't take me to the to the Walmart to go buy or anything. So I had I was like, shit, I don't know what to do. I don't. I, I'm not arts and crafts. I can't make or anything. So I took you know those yellow pieces of paper that they used to give in grade school. Yeah. So I took a yellow piece of paper, folded that up. Inside of it was a <laughs> it was a yellow Game Boy cartridge for the Pokemon game. The yellow Pokemon. Oh, I gave her the yellow Pokemon cartridge and the yellow piece of paper for her Christmas present. I said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> it was the only thing I had that was worth anything. <laughs> My parents wouldn't take me to the Walmart to go get her anything. So uh, that was traumatic in itself. And then pre- right after that, we, uh, we went our separate ways, probably because of that. And, like, she ended up getting me something. She got me something, too. She got me a card and candy and all sorts of shit. And I gave her a fucking Pokemon cartridge game. <laughs> That's phenomenal. That is awesome. That is, that is traumatic. And that was, like, like I said, the very first girlfriend I ever had was, would have been fifth grade at Griswold uh, oh, Middle. So. You gave up the yellow Pokemon game. And, and I mean that was legit back then. That was dude. I had that game. That game was awesome. I had yellow, and I think I had red. I don't think I had. I think blue. I had silver. Wasn't silver? Was there a silver one? Yeah, there definitely. And I think there was like a. There was one that was like see through that had sparkles on it. Like I forget what that was. That. And now I'm going way back. I don't remember this shit. Man, Game Boys. Oh crap! And I don't even know if she had a Game Boy. Man, I have no idea if she even owned a Game Boy. <laughs> But I gave her it. She probably gave it to her brother and then never saw me again. Who now she is now happily married and is also a nurse. So there's that. Oh, good for her. So, and I think she has a kid. I'm pretty sure she has a kid. I don't know. Either way, it's not mine. <laughs> oh man, that was a good one. That was a <laughs> that was a good question. So uh, you got that a, was phenomenal. You got a traumatic experience from prior yeah, to I, college. I, there's there's plenty. Um. No Game Boy games were given, dude. No, no game. I wasn't. I wasn't that smooth in middle school, man. You, you were a boss back then. I, I'm trying to think, because here's the thing. I, here's the thing. There's a, <laughs> there's, there's a lot. There, there's a lot. As you know, there are quite a few, quite a few stories. I'm trying to think of one that's short and sweet. Um. Okay, there's one. So, I. So my my senior year, was it my senior year of high school or was it my junior year? I got I got to think. Oh, my junior year. That's what it was. Okay. So my junior year of high school, I was kind of sort of fixed up with this girl, um, and I I won't give names, okay. uh, but I was kind of sort of fixed up with this girl, and I was told by a bunch of people, hey, you know, she really wants to go to prom with you. You should go to prom with her. So junior prom, junior prom. Okay. Junior prom. Now, mind you, junior prom was like two months out at this point. Two, two and a half months out. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow, really? This girl wants to take me? That's cool. And I was kind of like, yeah, she's okay. I mean, <laughs> now, mind you, mind you, I'm not like, you know, I'm not fucking Brad Pitt over here. So I, at the, and I also wasn't walking around with a whole ball of confidence. So it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, she's all right. Mm, probably not going to do much better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what the hell? Uh, I got, so I, I got nothing to lose, <laughs> right? And like, I've got like all of these, all of these uh, friends of mine that are girls, and and also I've got Richard, and Richard's girlfriend at the time was good friends with with this girl. Okay, so I'm like, 
So, you know, I kind of get the, hey, you know, like you, you should go with her. Like if she asks you, you got to say yes. And I was like, all right, whatever. So anyway, she ends up asking me. I say yes. She asked you now, to we have, She asked me to prom. You really yeah. have no balls. I did not have any balls back then. I was I, – I, now, I had just gotten over a relationship a few months prior to – I had just – I had been cheated on. It was really traumatic for me. I on guess that that's, that's a really, really long story. So I had never gone on a date with this girl. So she asked me to prom, and then at that point I was like, hey, you know, maybe we should go on a date. <laughs> maybe. You know, <laughs> like, like we're already doing this ass backwards. Maybe we should go on a date. So she, at the time, she, uh, she was older than I was. She was, we were in the same grade, but she was like a year older. It was kind of weird. Okay. She was super smart though. She was like top 10 in our class. Uh, Maybe just her, her birthday license. or something. I don't know. Yeah. She had her license before I did. So, and she was able at the time it was like that six month rule. So she was able to drive people. Um, so she came, she came to my house. She picked me up. We went to Harkness park. Yep. Went and had a picnic. Now for those people who know me, <laughs> I'm not exactly a picnic person. That's just <laughs> not my thing. Uh, mainly because I had no control over what somebody does when I, and again, I had no idea it was a picnic. So I had to eat the food that she got. I had to do whatever she wanted to do. Not my, not my idea of a good time. Nice girl. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, you know, this seems okay. And then we went on a second date a couple of weeks later. We went to her house and about, an hour in, I was like, mm, yeah, this is not going to work. I mean, I'm still going to go to prom with her because, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, you don't want to be a dick about it. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of weird and her family's kind of creeping me out. So Not feeling it. Th- not really feeling it. So I'm telling Rich, I'm like, dude, like this sucks. I don't want to go to prom with her, but I don't want to be an ass. And Rich is like, dude, you got to be cool. You got to be cool. Like, All right. I know, I know, I know. Well, me being cool and suave and super confident in myself, I'm going around telling people I do not want to go to prom with this girl. <laughs> so you're also a jackass. Like, I'm t- oh, I was, I was, I was telling all, but all my guy friends, like it's like all the guys that I'm friends with, I'm like, they're like, yo, so you're going with so and so, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I guess, I guess. So to make a long story short, I go and I get my my tux. I'm I'm wearing a black tux, but I've got um, it's it's pink. With a pink vest and a pink bow tie to match her dress. Her dress was pink. A week before prom, she comes up to me and she looks at me and she says, "So I heard you don't want to go to prom with me." And I was like, <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, I, "What are you talking? I didn't say no. Of course not. I would. I would never ever say that." And she's like, "I'm not stupid. I know you don't want to go to prom with me. Why would you say yes?" And I said, "Well, because you asked me, and and at the time." You know, I, I, you know, I, I did, and, and, um, and then we've gone on a couple of dates, and I said, and I'm just not feeling anything. I said, can you honestly tell me that you feel something for me? Like you actually feel like there, there's a relationship building here. And she just looked at me and she said, "You're an asshole. I'm not going to prom with you anymore." You are such a heartbreaker, Lavalley. Now she did that in front of, um, I went to school down in Fed. Yeah. So we were in the library. There was a shitload of people around. <laughs> so she made this as public as she possibly could, called me an asshole, and turned around and walked away. So I looked over at Rich, and I was like, I have a pink tuxedo that I am now wearing <laughs> to junior prom with no date. This sucks. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up going to prom, junior prom, by myself in a black tux with a pink bow tie. <laughs> In a bright pink vest. <laughs> Did she wear we her pink day. dress? 
Oh, she did. Did you at she least did. dance we... with her at prom? Oh, dude, she wanted nothing to do with me. Oh, she yeah. wanted... I would have at least been like, hey, we were supposed to go here. Like, I No, I tried, and I got like that, you know, the uh, kind of like the um, – I got like the box out from all of her girlfriends. Like I went up to her to try and, and make things right a couple times prior to prom, like being like, look – I'm really sorry. I handled this complete, and I knew that. Like I, I remember I went home and I told the whole thing to my dad, and my dad pretty much called me a piece of shit. It was like you, <laughs> not far off. You, you couldn't have handled this any worse. And I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And so I did. Like I, I went out of my way to apologize to her prior to the prom. I wasn't apologizing to her to be like, hey, please still go with me. It was look, like I am genuinely sorry. Like I handled this really, really badly. Um, and she didn't want to hear it. And, and I don't blame her. I don't blame her at the time. I mean, I, I definitely, definitely acted like a jackass. Um, but yeah. So when, when at the dance, I, I did try to approach her a couple times and one of her, one of her girlfriends came up to me and she's like, why do you keep coming over here? And I was like, I, because like, I, I generally would like to, to dance with her and just apologize. And she was like, she wants something to do with you. You're a jerk. You need to go away. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Hey, we done. tried. I tr- I've tried like I've tried five times in the past week to apologize, and you it, like at a certain point it's like I'm 16 years old. Like either you're going to accept it or you're not. I mean, or 17. How old? I, I guess it would have been 17 ish. Yeah, it was been 17 ish. Yeah, right. So at that point, I was like, you know, either you're going to accept it or you're not. And if you're not going to accept it, then you know, whatever. I'm moving. You're lost. So anyway, yep. so that was that was my traumatic experience, or one of them was uh, getting completely <laughs> humiliated in front of like half my half my class. Uh, being told that I'm not going to prom with you because you're an asshole. So that was good. That was good stuff. There, it, there it is. <laughs> oh, that's that's some good shit. That's some good shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So now that we're getting towards the end here, I wanted to give you a proposition. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think that we might. This is just an idea. I'm going to throw it out there for everybody here. For you to either agree to it, which you're probably going to have to since I'm just putting it out on air now. Um, so we're probably going to end up having to take a break here in August. But I was thinking that maybe we could do an on-site podcast from Florida. I think that sounds awful. I don't even know why you're suggesting Yeah, I mean, it's just thrown out that maybe you even get the, the girls involved and try to get them on here or something. <laughs> Um, I know your hey. wife has. I don't know if my soon-to-be wife will, but um, that's the reason we're going to Florida. So I was like, maybe we could do like a, a podcast before or after it happens and talk about that. I don't know, just uh, throwing that out there. Or we could do both. We could do a pre pre wedding and post. We could podcast. we could since Richo's not going to be there. We could take over your podcast again and do the pre and then do mine and do the post or opposite of that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that would be a lot the of part fun. one and part um, two. It's it's like when those uh what do they call it when the those two series are in the same universe? One of those things? Oh like a multiverse thing? Yeah. Like a yeah, pod podverse? Did we just make something yeah. up? P- podverse? I like that. I That's know. interesting. Something I don't even know if that makes sense, but I like I'm it. I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, absolutely. You should take it and run. I mean, I'm gonna try to copyright it right after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so maybe we'll do like a, cro- a crossover episode. Is that what it is? Crossover. There you go. Yeah. We'll do that. Multiverse. I'm sorry. No, like I'm sorry. multiverse. You know how like the DC universe is all of one universe or whatever. You know, you would know that better than I would. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were right though. When you said a crossover, like that's when, um, like they have like the crossover TV shows where like characters from one TV show jump into another TV show. Yeah. And stuff. 
We'll do something like that with our podcasts, like from location. I like that. So that'll be fun. That'll be the last one probably for this series of whatever I do, because um, we'll be kind of busy that, that, that week, or I guess we could just take a week off. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But yeah, I'm glad that you're okay with that. And maybe we'll try to get the girls involved and make it a family affair. That would be a blast. Without the affair. well, yeah. Well, I guess there's yeah. a possibility. I mean, what whatever happens in Florida, <laughs> says in Florida. Look, man. I mean, I'm an asshole, so I'm just gonna put on my pink vest and, and pink tie and, and be ready to go. So you got it from you... prom, so I mean, exactly. <laughs> you might as well use it. <laughs> uh, we'll, have, we'll have Emily wear something pink, and it'll work out. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Hopefully, she she'll still be my date at your wedding and won't leave me standing there. So I mean, it is two months. It is two months out, so a lot can happen. I know. I know. I, I may. I may tell tell a lot of my friends that she smells bad or something, and Ooh. then she'll find out. And you know. and she definitely won't listen to this. So you're safe on that. So. Oh please! She doesn't even listen to my podcast. She brags about it. Yeah, I don't support him. I'm like, that's great. Thank you. You're <laughs> love my wife. Wonderful woman, Emily. She is. She is. She's. Uh, she's a good dog mom. Yeah. So she got that going for. Her. Hey, step one. Step. That's true. That's true. All right, Mister Lavalley. Well, thank you so much for coming uh, this week's episode again. Um, I'm just going to give you your podcast a shout out. Go check out the Sideline Network on um, iTunes. He has the Ritual and Lala Show, the Huddle, the Valley Sports Talk or Take. Valley Sports Talk, yep. And then um, Maddie's, not Toilet Takes, but the other one. Um, here's the thing here's with Matt, the thing with Matt Daniel. And then Austin Space has his. I'm doing terrible at this. I should never be no, a dude, You're doing awesome, man. Austin, Austin Space uh, does not have a podcast right now, but he does come on uh, and guest host on, uh, on a bunch of the podcasts. Like He'll, he'll pop on here and there. Um, but you can find all of us on the Sideline Facebook page if you guys are interested in checking that out. So. Well, I will definitely link that to in the video description. Check that out. Um, if you have any disagreements with Mr. LaValle or me, or you want to be on the show, you have anything you want to say, give us a call. The phone number is 203-689-3530. Again, Chris, thank you so much for joining us this evening, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I look forward to, our, uh, to coming back on again when we're down in Florida. Sounds like a plan. I'm glad you were okay with that idea on the spur of the moment idea. Absolutely, man. You have a good night. You as well, and take care, everybody. Uh,